Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. So here we are, another month. Oh boy, oh boy, 2021 is zipping right by. I guess that's a good thing. Anyway, this month we are talking about enlighten. And the definition for enlighten is to give intellectual or spiritual light to impart knowledge. And our guests for this month, I think you're going to find you're going to get a lot of wisdom and some pretty amazing spiritual insights. Uh, because the people that I've interviewed for this this month are just amazing light leaders in their own right. And where they've gone in terms of their exploration, their businesses, uh, how they show up in the world is very enlightening. You're going to learn a lot this month. And be open for your own spiritual journey that can be ignited by being enlightened. Until next time, enjoy the show. So I just want to share with everybody, I'm excited to see where this conversation goes. As you know, every conversation is just mind-blowing to me. I have the best job in the world. But I'm very curious where this is going to go because I have an author who has written a book, which, and I'm going to tell you straight up right now, I got chills. I got chills. And I think you are all going to want to get this book. It's a really lovely perspective on COVID-19 and the pandemic and the lockdown and all of that. And it's called, before I introduce the author, COVID-19 and Humanity's Spiritual Awakening. Everybody hear that? Humanity's Spiritual Awakening. Yeah. So I want to welcome Forrest Rivers. Thanks so much, Forrest, for joining me. Thank you so much, Susan, for having me today. I'm so, uh, so, and the reason why I'm getting chills is because uh, in, in perusing your book, um, there you've peppered in so much uh, ancient wisdom and to me, spiritual truth in it as guideposts. And, um, and I love that because I have felt from the beginning when the lockdown happened, I knew that this was a huge wake-up call for humanity, huge. Now, having gone through it, what's your take on it? Do you think people have woken up yet? So I think, I think that people have woken up in various ways. And here's some of the ways I see people waking up a little bit. one way, I think people are going to be no longer satisfied with living a life that doesn't bring 
them some semblance of meaning and some sense of deeper connection. I was talking with a friend today on the phone and he was lamenting his uh, return back to the office. And he said, to, he said, all I really wanna do is I wanna figure out some way to serve people. I don't really wanna be wasting my days away in an office anymore. Yeah. I don't really know how long I'm gonna last in this job, he said. I think you're gonna see that happening or, or you're already seeing that happening. People are, are re-questioning as we return to a new normal, whatever that even really means. Yeah, People never are gonna, gonna be, happen, never gonna happen. Never gonna happen. People are gonna be questioning, is this what I really wanna be doing? I think there was more people who were existentially, existentially questioning their own lives than at, maybe, than, than maybe at any point we've had in recent memory. So yes. that's one lasting effect I think we're gonna see yes. uh, from this. And I also think, I could be wrong here, Susan, but I think we've had death. Death has been so much in our face over the last year, whether it's, uh, you know, the, the fear of dying or literally knowing someone who's died from this or, um, you know, it could be the metaphorical job uh, loss of our jobs, the death of our jobs or the yes. death of our identities we've been attached to. I think with all of that death, people are going, are, are, how do I want to say this? People are, are more interested in living a life that's a little bit more detached and a little bit more uh, 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 centered in, in wanting to foster authentic connection. There you go. Okay, so and let's talk about this detachment thing for us because sure, sure. I want you to explain to everybody what that actually is because to some people, being detached can mean that you closed your heart off, that you're, um, you don't care, right? So what does it mean to you, detachment? So the way that I, that I understand detachment is being less concerned with our ego identities, being less concerned with our, the way that others perceive us, being less concerned with having made it with our wealth and our material gains, yeah. being less concerned with our day-to-day -day ego concerns and being more concerned with living an authentic and happy life, living for things that actually matter, living for things that actually matter. And I think this last year has definitely given us a sense, well, do I really want to be working that 40 hour a week job? Do I really want to not be living a life of service? Do I want to live maybe a little bit more connected to nature? Um, you know, and, uh, you know, so detach, when I say detachment, I mean detaching from what is illusionary or unreal in our lives and living with a little bit more spontaneity, mm. living with a little bit more um, opening ourselves to the natural flow of creation rather than living this very like, you know, Susan, very, um, the, the structured life that's been laid to us by the powers that be right. And, and allowing us to more creatively flow. Um, the, I guess the, the Tao Te Ching has a great term for it. Wu we, you know, living, you know, letting, letting what comes naturally 
come naturally to you rather than just try to force our way, force ourselves upon life. And I know to many people that sounds counterintuitive, right? And yet it is the intuitive. It's the actual intuitive flow of life. Yeah. And, and I think when you become detached from the, uh, the conditioned type of life that's been given to us, you know, money, we have to pursue money, power, fame, uh, identity, all of these things. Fast car, fast, fast women. Car, fa yeah, fast, fast car, fast women, you know, all of these things. I think, I think what that does is it allows you to live a little bit more presently in yeah. this moment now. Yeah. And, and actually what that does is when you're living more in flow with life, your heart actually opens more. So the more detached you become, you become more open. And so becoming detached doesn't mean you're going to become this like nihilistic, cold-hearted person. The way I'm using detachment is kind of how the Buddha talked about it. Like detaching from the illusion and connecting to what's real, which is the natural flow of life. If you want, if you want connecting to the interconnectedness that underlies everything. Of and all things. Of all things, which of all things. A simpler way to say that would be when you do that, you connect to love. And I don't mean just, you know, interpersonal, I love you, you love me. I mean more you fall in love with the universe. Everything you recognize the the miracle that is consciousness. Yes. And but and the pathway to that, and you talk about it in your book, um it is to well, and this is what I talk about a lot, is uh, to learn to love yourself. And by le learning to really love yourself, that opens your space, your heart space, that opens your, your consciousness to see that everything, like you just said, Forrest, is love. Everything is that energy, a higher vibratory energy that we can only say is a higher love. There was a song about that. Somebody wrote a song yeah. about higher love, you know? Yeah. 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 So take me to a higher love. Yeah. That's right. So um let's talk about in your book you talked, I want to talk about the seeming pairs of opposites and where does mm -hmm. that come from? And why is that important? Because it, I think that the Western mind, right? We were we were taught a certain way, it's very linear. They it, it's hard to understand. The whole good, good over here, bad over here. It's very dualistic. And never uh, the twain shall meet. Then they should never in Western mindset. It's you know suffering here, joy is here. You know you either suffer or you have joy. Right. You know you, you either you either go to heaven or you burn in hell. You go to heaven, or you burn in hell, and all that does is just creates more suffering you know, in my mind, in, 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 in where, where I'm coming from. And, and I think what COVID did is it kind of blew all of that to smithereens, right? It blew that entire paradigm of this dualistic mindset, totally blew it open, right? Because well, let's hope so. I still got fingers crossed. I, I have fingers crossed because ironically, think about this for a second, right, Susan? It, it took a monumental event of suffering, right? I mean, think about this, like, so in our dual society, before COVID, there was no way that we were ever going to link suffering and joy together, at least in our mainstream. But then suddenly you have this event that creates 
this mass suffering, whether it's, and I, and I don't want to underplay the amount of suffering that's come out of this, right? The, the, you know, people have died. Loss of businesses. Loss of businesses. People are, uh, you know, there's this thing called long COVID where people have, are not recovering, you know, you know, from it, you know, all, all of these unfortunate things that are happening. Uh, all of the anxiety that comes around the vaccines, right? All of the, all the anxiety, right? All, all of the anxiety. I mean, I got that anxiety. Comes anxiety, yep. Yeah. That's how I feel now, you know, the, yeah. the anxiety about uh, the lockdowns, you know, the, the, the depression that, that people felt in isolation. But weirdly, right, Susan, out of all of that suffering, right, came the opportunities to delve deeper into our own self-reflection, into our own self. You talked about it beautifully a second ago, that learning to love ourselves. We're so busy. We're so busy in our, in our, uh, in our fast-paced society. I've overstimulated yes. that suddenly we had this period to like where we were reflecting. It was a great time to start gardening. It was a time to find a creative outlet, painting, art, music, writing. It was a time to uh, reconnect with the earth, which I talk a lot about in the book, right? All of those things, right? Now, so weirdly, a lot of this suffering, a monumental suffering event, somehow opens up this pathway to experience joy, inner reflection, uh, self-empowerment. Whoa, that's pretty far out there, right? But, but in our Western society, right, Susan, we were taught there's only suffering and there's only joy. They're not connected. How can, I, right. how can you be finding joy and empowerment in the suffering? Because they're intertwined, right? You, you know, so it's amazing. I'm sorry, Forrest. Oh, no, please, they are please. intertwined. And it's amazing you're talking about this because I was just in meditation and journaling. That's my spiritual practice every morning. I was just Beautiful. writing about this whole thing of, about me, right? Self-inflicted stress, anxiety, fear, worry. And the only way out of it is to let go of it, right? Just to Absolutely. drop it, you know, like a dog with a bone, you got to tell the dog to drop it sometimes. And Absolutely. In, in the rush of humanity before the pandemic, nobody took time to even go, okay, how do I drop it? How do I just let go? How do I surrender into a more coherent way of life just just a more just living more in flow yeah. with the natural course of things with right. living with a bit more of a mindful spirit and a conscious heart and uh, actually i'm sorry a conscious a a my a, a an open heart open an heart. open heart an open heart and a a still mind or a mindful mind or a conscious mind and an open heart you know, and, and that's and that's something that that um, this revealed for us, and you know, to the east, even the many Native American religions, the fact that joy or self empowerment or self reflection could come out of suffering would be no surprise to them. They'd say, "Well, of course, of course." You know, it takes it takes those. You know, it's the same thing. Uh, to, the only reason we appreciate summer, and I is because we have winter. Right. The only reason we appreciate night is because we've had the day of labor in the sun. You know, they're all, 
it all folds upon, all seeming opposites fold upon each other in the end. And that became very apparent to people, I think, with COVID. Mm-hmm. What is, what is good? What is bad? Was this event really bad? Can we call anything bad or good, at least in the, in the perspective of, of when we talk about COVID? Yeah. And in uh, your book, certainly- you said, you say that the seeming polarities give birth to each other. Just like you said, night gives birth to day and... Summer gives birth to winter. Look at the cycle of the seasons. Mm -hmm. You know, and the moon and the sun equally share in their power. You know, and they they naturally give way and let go, like you said, to give way for the other. Yeah. And, you know, I think this was a, this was like a, a, a lesson, like the, COVID was a lesson, has been a lesson in that. I, that, you know, that, that there are. I agree with you. It, it is a lesson. I'm sorry, I interrupted. Oh, no, you didn't interrupt at all. And to say nothing of the fact that it, it, it also uh, blew open our society's um, fear of openly talking about death. I mean, this, this, I mean, that, that to me was actually one of the more remarkable things that came out of COVID too, was suddenly, you know, we, we like to pretend that two things, we like to pretend that we are just this body and that's it. And once the body goes, you know, we either go to a, uh, you know, either a final resting space and there's nothing else that really comes after that, or we just are, are meat and that's the end. Well, suddenly right. people were forced to consider the possibility, well, who am I really? You know, what does it mean to actually die? You know, who dies? Uh, there was a great book written years back by uh, Stephen Levine, the great yeah. teacher. I love Stephen Levine. And he, and he, he said, he, said uh, he wrote a book called Who Dies? You know, like, who dies? And people were reflecting on it. Uh, what do I want to do? I, I heard more people... Uh, more people I spoke to over the last year have, have come to me and say, well, I think, you know, reincarnation might be real. You know, there might be another kernel to life than just my body. I might, there might be something more to it. You know, it, it, you know, it might be as the Hindus say that when we die, we're dropping the body, something's dropping the body or, you know, what does it mean to actually, uh, is death really this finality or is it a transition into something else? Those were questions that people were having to actually ask themselves for the first time. And that's very uncomfortable, but there was a lot of that, I think, happening over the last year. Um, and what does that do when you start questioning death? It, you, you realize, I better get over my fear of it or I'm not going to be able to live my life fully. Right, and and to begin to live your life fully. To be, begin, I mean, I would. I mean, there's, the- you don't have. I mean, there. Yes, and I'm a big proponent about reincarnation because been there, done that. I know, <laughs> but there's still this right current time frame that's yep. a blip in the big whole cosmic thing. And it's important to live it now instead of well, when I now. get there, when I get enough money or when I get married, when I have kids, when I retire, there's always the Western culture at least puts off the living process. And we are never, and in the words of the most inspired, my the most biggest influence 
to me personally, Ram Das, right? Yes. In the words of him, we can never be here now. We're never at present if we're constantly saying, well, well, I'll wait till I'm 65 to retire. I'll wait till I, I'll do this then. That there'll right. be then. Well, well, this this life is a precious opportunity. Every every incarnation we have is a precious opportunity, and we better make the most of it. We better make the most of it. You know, and and I think that this event was kind of a wake up call for everybody to say, wait a minute, I can't really take those cars, and I can't really take my retirement, and I can't take my second and third house and all that money with me into the beyond, right? You know, this, this is what I have now and I better live this fully with an open heart now. So where I live, uh, I live in Ventura, California and um, we are up on a hill and we can hear the freeway, right? The 101. And um, when everything shut down and people stopped going to work, it got so quiet. It was beautiful. It was fabulous. And I could hear the birds singing in my backyard. And it was like amazing. And then as people just recently in the last couple of months are starting to commute again, or even just go away for a weekend that you can hear the noise. And I did not realize how much I had settled for having that constant motorized hum in my, in the background of my mind, you know, and, and, and what I'm noticing is getting on the freeways in California. Now people are driving like they used to. I'm like, wait, wait, do we really have to be that aggressive now? When do you really have to just barely slice that guy's fender as you're trying to get to your exit? Can you not be mindful? What happened? You know, they just, everybody, well, not everybody, but it just, I was noticing because we were traveling this last week that that some people were not they just went back to old habit and which is a human condition right you have to constantly flex and grow and consciously change so you don't fall into those old habits so it, it it's been interesting it to is see so this it is so much yeah that's going to be the biggest challenge right is how do we oh gosh you said so much had so much you just said you just said there susan to unpack like it it is a day-by-day job where we have to hold ourselves accountable for our own growth Mm -hmm. and if we don't if if we don't do that if we don't remember the lessons that we've learned from this last year we're going to fall right back into the same trap of getting caught in our illusions exactly Uh, and and uh certainly everything you just said with the people's driving habits is in that I have to get here now. I have right. to be, you know, that's I get a, caught that's up a in symptom. That. Yeah. I do so, too. So I, yeah, I do. Um, uh, so I but do all the time. Forrest, I want in your book, COVID-19 and humanity's spiritual awakening. Um, this goes, this speaks to the seeming opposites. You did a really good job about saying one in, in America, you know, in the United States, there's this one ideology that was happening about, you know, conspiracy theories and, 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 you know, and, or, you know, the science isn't true or the science is true. You know, this whole thing of seeming 
opposites. And yet, so I was, I, well, I lived the last year and a half trying to reconcile within my mind, where is, where's the middle? Where's, where is the truth when these opposites are doing the bright and shiny thing and distracting everybody? Where is the truth? And, and I, what I found it is I had to go to my inner truth Beautiful. Not, and listen to my inner truth and, and, and my inner truth, I find out is slightly different from my husband's inner truth. Whereas, you know, I, There's I used the, to there, and that's the, that's the secret, that's the secret right there is what? the there's secret? so much noise. The, the secret is to look within yourself yeah. to the truth. And the fact that you've figured that out right away, that's a value to your listeners and viewers right there is consult your inner truth. We were fed so much external oh, illusion and external noise, whether it was coming from the right or the left or conservatives or liberals or the, the or perspective. Some of the people that are just kind of crazy. Or the people who are just extremists on all sides, you know, we had a what what the what you just said is incredibly valuable. When we're when we were given this onslaught of extreme of extremist rhetoric and ideology, all we ever have to do, I hope we learn this from COVID. All we ever have to do is turn within ourselves, quiet our minds, okay. still mind, open heart. That's why I. I can't emphasize this some more. I also hope something people got from this is that they learned to pray and meditate, you know, cause that, that is so important. You can't really turn within unless you can still your mind yeah. and become one pointed. Yeah. And unless you've cultivated that inner faith through prayer, and I don't mean you have to go to a church and pray. I mean, I mean like real prayer, like prayer deep within yourself, a, um, whatever that conception may be for you of that higher power, whatever it is. Uh, for some, it's Jesus. For others, it's Mohammed. For others, it's the earth. For others, it's Buddha. Whatever that may, redwood tree. It could be a giant redwood tree. It could be the beautiful blue mountains outside my house. It doesn't matter, you know, whatever that is. But we need to, what our society doesn't do enough of is it doesn't encourage us to find our own inner truth. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't teach us to seek that which we already know that's within us. Okay. And, you know, and it's, it's always there. That small, still voice is always within us. We just have to calm ourselves down and not get so caught up in all the extreme rhetoric and beliefs that are being shoved down our throats. And, and I hope that this period has taught us to, to look more within for the truth instead of listening to all that noise, that ecstatic noise, that only pulls us further and further from our true sense, our true refuge within yes. ourselves. Yes, yeah. so how, okay, Forrest, because now we're, we're coming out of this pandemic and uh, how would you encourage people to maintain that inner truth as you're going out and getting on the freeway or going to work or how do you, how do you maintain that? So uh, 
one one significant thing is to establish a meditation practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, uh, you don't need to do more than even when you're starting out five, six minutes a day. Simply focusing on your breath is a great start. Uh, you know, uh, a mantra, repeating a phrase when you're finding yourself in a, uh, you know, in a, in a high, t- in, a, in a tense situation or in a situation that's inducing fear or reaction, whisper a mantra to yourself. Um, you know, the, the, the inner truth is within me. God is within me. Or simply, I, I am here. Right, Something I as am simple here. As, I am here. Oh, I am here. A reminder that you're not just this, um, you're not just this robotic thing that reacts time and time again. Yeah. There is something deep I in here that's connected to the greater I, you know? Yeah. I am here. I am present. That helps a lot. And another thing that I think has plagued our society a lot that could really help us maintain our awareness or our mindfulness is connecting, making a concerted effort every day to connect with the earth in some way. Nature, connecting with nature has such a profound way of making us more present, making us more centered, making us more uh, mindful. And it's healthy for us mentally. Um, That could be for me, my outlet. Every day I spend countless hours hiking in the woods. Gardening, you don't have to live in the mountains. You don't have to live in in the forest. You can bring nature into you. You can have a garden, you can set up a garden on your back porch. You can, uh, you know, you can set up a bird feeder and, yeah. you know, engage with the birds. You can, you can buy house plants. I just did that and brought, I brought in like five or six new plants just in my office, let alone my house, because I realized I wasn't getting out in nature enough. And so I needed, I need some friendly vibes here to keep me alive Grounded. and awake and connected. Uh, uh- alive and connected that that's beautiful bringing in houseplants so i think connecting with nature has such a grounding effect and i hope like what you what you just said susan before when everything went into lockdown and and all the streets got quiet whoa far out you could go outside and actually hear the birds chirping uh in india they could see the my favorite store you could see that they could they, in places where they could once see the mountains, the Himalayas, they could actually see them again. Uh, yeah. You know, that was amazing. That's amazing. Amazing. And I hope, we got I hope. to see for for all those people that were saying there is no environmental crisis. Oh, get out of here! All you had to do was no. get off in California, get off the four hundred five, and oh my God, there's no more smog. How did that amazing. happen? Uh huh. Wow, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of curious. So, Force, I want to talk. You have a chapter about um, choosing faith, not belief. And and would you share with everybody what's the difference? Because mm. I kind of think that I did until I read your ex- explanation. I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. So, Faith is not something that can be conditioned 
within uh-huh. you. Faith, faith, faith is something that you arrive at through direct knowing, through your own direct experience that as the way things are in any given moment. And faith is like an inner reservoir of your inherent connection to the one, to God, to the Tao, to the, to the greater consciousness, to the greater web of being. Faith is something that is within us from birth. It's our inner refuge. It's not something that could be tampered with. It's an inner, it's an inner awareness and it's always there. All you have to do is take the time to tune into it. Um, Meditation, prayer, nature, things we talked about, Uh, journaling. You mentioned something before the interview, Susan. Wow. If everybody took a moment to journal every day and reflect where they're at, they would access that point of their inner faith because they're, they're tapping when you're reflecting, you're contemplating, you're tapping into that inner reservoir of faith. So faith is a direct knowing or direct experience, at least from where I'm standing, right? The belief is something that's more external. Belief is not something that has any kind of um, eternal direct knowing. A belief is like, is, is kind of a superficial hunch or it's, it's an external message that's being processed within to you. So belief comes from without, I'm sorry, belief is an external thing. Right, Faith that's is put on thing. you. That's put on you. And I think on the spiritual path, uh, at least the mystics of every faith, they encourage you to give up belief and to seek your own to seek inner faith through your own direct experience. And they don't tell you what that faith should look like. That's up to you to figure out, which of course creates, you know, all of the, you know, confusion about what the mystics are telling you because people will go to them and be like, well, tell me what that inner faith is supposed to be. Well, no, 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 that's you tell me. Right by telling yourself, like that's, right. you know, you, you can and only th- find that out. And I think that that's, uh, that is because uh, everybody's a unique emanation of source. They are their mm. own divine spark. And so they're, mm. my faith, my understanding and comprehension of faith for me, it could be different from what you're, uh, even though we can have a similar, co- we can have a conversation along similar philosophical lines and think we comprehend each other. But my faith is probably very different from your faith. And yet it fe- it could feel the same. Does, this, that, that, does that make sense? So yeah, it could feel I- similar, but we all are, are so just one little degree different. And that's why there's a plethora of us. Well, know, I liken and- it, yeah, I liken it to like, um, if you have two people who are established in their own inner faith, which is going to be a different expression, a slightly different variation of the same, I love what you said, the same divine spark or spark of God that's within everybody. It would be akin to you. Let's say we're both established our inner faith. It would be like both of us are climbing a mountain, but you're on one side of the mountain taking what you see is your path up. And I'm on the other side of the mountain taking my path up. And right now I'm, I'm climbing up my trail saying, this is the only trail up to the top. And you're taking yours up and saying, that's the only trail to the top. But then we both get to this, 
to the peak, we see each other. They were like, far out. How did you get, where was your trail? And I'm like, well, where was your trail? And, but we both got there because we were both resting in that inner faith, but the inner faith had slightly different direction, um, slightly different um, expressions, right. the different paths, but they right. lead to the same place. The many paths that lead to the same place. Yes. Many paths lead to one. Right. Yeah. And, and that I, I really believe Truly. is true. I believe it a hundred percent. And, uh, and that has been my experience too. So, um, so, huh, Forrest, how are, how can people get your book? And do you have a website and things like that? Sure. Sure. So, um, you can, get the book on uh, Amazon and you can get it off of uh, Barnes and Noble, uh, both online, uh, Kindle edition and um, uh, print edition. Okay. You can also grab it off of my uh, independent uh, publisher if you don't like Amazon or Barnes and Noble and that's through uh, Conscious Living Media, Conscious Living Media. Uh, but I have a special thing. If you go onto Amazon and you buy the book and you leave a review, I will send you a free copy of my first book, The Hippie Revival. So, oh, uh, cool. so uh, yeah, it's kind of a, it's a good, buy one, get one. fun, right? And buy one, get one. And, and there's uh, just, all you gotta do is just leave a review. And uh, you can you can reach me by email at forestrivers4 at gmail.com. The number and four? Number four, yep. So forestrivers4 at gmail.com. Or you can reach me on Facebook. Uh, just friend, friend, friend request me at forestrivers. You can just type in forestrivers. It'll pop right up. And uh, yeah, just leave me, you know, leave me an address that you read the book, you have a review, and I'll send you a copy of the hippie revival too so you can and then you can also find on on the on my website on forestrivers.com uh i also keep a uh, i have like a daily blog i keep too and um it's just like inspiring words for the day so feel feel free to check all that out I too love all so, that. i love yeah. all that forest rivers the book is called covid19 and humanity's spiritual awakening. And I want you guys to know, this is a very well thought out book. Forrest lays it all out with some very sage advice from all the different uh, Eastern philosophies that I, I really feel are um, paramount now to, to, to focus on. So Forrest, thanks again for joining me. I greatly appreciate oh, it. And pleasure. I appreciate this, this beautiful gift to humanity's awakening. Uh, what a wonder, thank you so much. And what a wonderful conversation. That was, yeah. was a, thank you so much. I, I really am grateful for being here today. You are so welcome. It's my honor. And I'm just gonna end with, and so it is, namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanburrell.com. You can 
see all the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, A 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website and just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at susan at susanmorell.com. So that's it for today. See you next time.